Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Colden. Bobby Moore and Sir Jeff Hurst. The trailer looking at Billy Bones. Paolo DiCaprio. West Ham Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. This is more than just a podcast. Podcast. Uh, I don't know what episode it is um, because we've got we've got no George tonight, and Nigel is hosting, and he's just put episode with Nigel in charge. So I know we're season eight, and I can't remember what episode. I'll find out later. Uh, so I've already given away no George. He's doing a bit of wedding planning tonight. Um, good evening, John. Where are you and what are you doing? Good evening, Sean. I am in my loft and I'm talking to you. And uh, I've already given it away. Nigel's back and in charge, as he says, uh, which means he can use the mute button tonight. Nigel, where are you and what are you <laughs> you, yeah, thanks. I forgot about that. Thanks for pointing that out of the, the mute button because people are just going to go, Nigel, wet. Did you mute me halfway through that then? Uh, yes, you did. Yes. Oh, yeah, a bit of fun tonight. Anyway, uh, I'm in my office because it's a bit cold out there for the shed, and I got home late from work because there's a fucking gas leak on the World Docks Road, and that's why. I sat for ages in traffic and didn't move. Language. Language. Already we've just started. We're a family-friendly podcast. And already I'm having to apologise for your language. You're not in the East End docks now, mate. Can't we we just put a certificate rating on it? Yeah, but is there any... Do you know what? I say this, people. What does swearing add to that little sentence you said? Did it add anything? Did it add to any enjoyment for our listeners to hear you... I think it accentuated my frustration of of a of a twenty two mile journey that took me over two hours. Anyway, we're we're not a road traffic podcast. We are a football podcast, and we're here to talk about football tonight. So uh, let's start with John. Um, we were all there. <laughs> we're all there. We all went for a change to watch. Uh, well, you West say that we all went Earth. for a change. It, it meant that you actually turned up for a change. Right. For a cha- well, I turned up to the eight nil game, the cup. You game, keep throwing and, that out and, there, and none of yous you were there. You haven't <laughs> been to a single game this season in the I league. I still see more goals than you, <laughs> West Ham goals. That is, um, John. Tell us about our derby, uh, London derby with the Tottenham Hotspur. Well. We were all there, as you say. So we, uh, we all we all saw that event. Um, what was it? It was not a very good Spurs team. I thought, if you look at it, they they didn't. There was a few key players missing. I thought they were there for the taking beforehand. We were going there hoping for the similar performance and energy as we saw against Man United. And that just didn't materialise. Um, what's happened to Obiang? Is he injured, Sean? Is he? Yeah, he's got a calf injury. So I think we missed him. Yeah. In the middle, and we didn't really turn up. Now we weren't awful. We just 
didn't have that energy and that cutting edge that we had against like we did for that one performance which is always now going to have to be the benchmark isn't it so we, we I've seen us play worse and I, like I said I don't think Spurs were that much better than us they took their, they took their chance they scored their goal um, everyone slating Anderson he, you know, and he was very poor but he you know he rightly got substituted hmm Yarmolenko is the biggest casualty of it all, really, to lose him. Yeah. Um, but, More of know. that later. We're going to do an injury section, so we're going to talk about Yarmolenko and, and, and the whole injury uh, and give an update on that a little bit later. Well, you know, when, you, when you sort of look at it all in a round, you know what I mean? We are sort of nine games in and only seven points, and it is, does look yeah. like a terrible, terrible start to a season, which it is. But, you know, we do have a somewhat easier set of fixtures coming up and I would hold all my doom and gloom and my judgment on it all until Christmas time unless you know if we don't pick up but what was the then, highlight for you John um what was the highlight I don't know I, did you celebrate the goal that never was I did <laughs> the bubble did machines think. not only did the bloke and we'll talk about him later throwing the smoke bombs on but the bubble, the club got it wrong as well because the bubble machine started. Well, I jumped round to George, but George had already seen the offside flag. And, Clever man. You know, there's nothing worse when when we're as close as we are to the away fans. There is nothing worse than that. Than celebrating a goal. Scored a goal. Yeah. So, you know, it was a bit disappointing, but you know, it's just it was just one of those days again. So going back, what was your highlight? Oh, I can't. Highlight a highlight, Sean. It was it was a sort of general, I thought, lacklustre type of performance. We it looked like they wanted it and wanted him to do it. They just couldn't get going. They just couldn't get their cohesion. They they would just you know, as I say, you, you look back to that Man United performance. It was way off of that, and you know, a few people did have poor performances. But I mean, I thought Creswell probably Creswell coming in done well. I thought. Yeah. I mean, I do prefer him than Masuaku from a point of view of being defensive and doing a job. Um, he says nice things about you as well, John, actually. Oh, that's nice. And Diop, Diop I mean, it's a Diop. Amaz- amazing. Is I mean, the a only... stutter there, John, you got? Or has he got two <laughs> the, the only amazing thing about Diop is Diop. He's, he's playing so well that danger is a big, big club comes in for him now, really. Oh, we we'll worry about that, eh, when it happens. What, you mean Isn't we're it? not a big, big club? We're not a big, big club. We're a big club. We're not a big, big club. Oh, I, mean, he, I think he, he was the steal of the steal of the uh, uh, of the transfer window. Well, that, I mean, I, I mean the, you've got to say that you know Balbrainer and this this the up they they are starting to gel and and I mean he, they dealt with Kane so well. Yeah. Diop had just, Kane in his pocket. He did a really good block, didn't he, at one point? In the, was that the first half when he got through? And but yeah, yeah. I, he, he, he really, you know, for twenty-one year old, we forget how how young he is. He's he's immense and um, fully deserving to get the Clarence Hugh rating man of the match with a an average of eight point four three, which is one of the highest ratings we've ever got for. a West Ham player this season. Uh, so, yeah, so, yeah. So, like I say, it wasn't our best performance. I thought we could have got a draw out of it because I didn't think either team were pretty particularly great on the day. I thought Spurs were, they were dragging their heels, weren't they, when they sort of last 20 minutes, wasting time. And it was just one of those days, wasn't it? The ref was yeah. awful. The ref was terrible. But I'm not going to blame him for the result. But it just added to the frustration. Yeah, it wasn't. It was. It wasn't going our way, really, was it? I'm just going to give you um, uh, the rest of the scores and then go to Nigel. Declan Rice was the second one with a, a seven four two. Fabianski's always up there with a seven point three, and Balwana seven point two. Pablo Zabaleta and Snodgrass and Anatovic and Grady Diana, uh, um, Diagana, isn't it? Uh, all scored 6.56 is Mark Noble, Aaron Cresswell. Yamalenko I thought was a bit unfair. He was in the fives with Mikel Antonio and 
Hernandez obviously came back. Um, but, and this is the final but, the lowest ever score we've had. And remember, about five, 600 people fill in this player rating. Philip Anderson, Philippe Anderson, with the lowest average score ever scored, 3.26. Nigel, discuss. I don't know if that's harsh or not on Anderson. I think he's been singled out because obviously it was him that was tracking back um, when the cross was put in for Lamella to ghost in between our defenders and flick the ball in. So is Anderson now to be a defender? I suppose everybody's at some point has got to muck in defend. Uh, he is a more an attacking player. I suppose for a club like West Ham, you need players that are going to have to muck in and defend because we are going to have a lot of defending to do. And you can't afford to have too many people like Anderson, Yarmolenko to an extent, even though obviously he went off injured, and Onatovic, who don't seem to do the defensively stuff well. Aside from that, I thought we played quite well and I thought we at least deserved a draw out of it. We were by far and away the better team in the second half. We were the team trying to do something at the end. Spurs, we didn't really see a lot of their attacking prowess as such. Fabianski made one really good save on one that people said was outstanding. But then when you look at it, I think it was um, Mora actually kicked the ball against him when Fabianski was on the floor, like the sort of second of the double save. So it's it's hard to be despondent because I still look at it and think, well, if we play like that, we're going to win more games than we lose. Yeah. But then I thought that after Brighton. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you think, well, so you know, Brighton we bad. Spurs, all right, we didn't batter Spurs, but... You know, we were equal to them, if not better, on the day. And this is a top top four team. So, I mean, this is Spurs' best ever start to a Premier League, I think. Um, yeah, I've read somewhere. So, the thing I, I take this season is, you could say, it's, it's a start all over again season. I know we've had loads of them, but when you get a new manager coming in, especially, in a way, a manager that has got an ethos, of a way to play that is more in tune with us. But what you got to remember is we've not had that. Billich was to extend, but I think even Billich slipped back to more negative football where uh, Pellegrini is more attacking. So that has to, we've got to bring in the players. You know, we had four years of Allardyce buying negative players. Billich brought some attacking players in. But then I think Sullivan, you could see, was buying players and we got lumbered with negative and failures. So we finally got a decent manager who seems to have a decent scouting network. The difference I'd say here with Pellegrini is when he was at other teams and he bought players, he was at a team big enough to keep them. You know, as we're saying about Diop, you know, Mourinho has already said, you know, whoever the scout was. You know, he tips his hat to him that found Diop. So if he's noticed, you can bet your life mm. everybody else is noticing. And I suppose it is. I'm sure. You know, is it a worry? It's good if we can keep hold of him. But to keep hold of him, we've got to show to him that we've got the ambition to keep going, or and the players, to keep going upwards and not, and not backwards. Yeah. I, I agree. And I, I certainly agree with you that there was not a lot to choose between the two sides. And in fact, right up to the end, you know, the last kick of the game when it comes to corner, I thought we were going to equalise. And I thought that would have been a fair result. Did you think we were going to equalise? I did, yeah. I didn't. I just didn't see the goal coming. I think that's, well, again... You're right. You're right out. that Anatovic seemed to be off game when he missed that one. And you think, uh, if, if Anatovic is not firing, is this going to be our day? But I still wanted to stay to the very last second because I thought, you know, we were pushing, 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 even in injury time. We got that last corner. I thought, do you know what? This could go in. That would be brilliant. And that would be such a good result if this goes in and be so fair. So I don't know if I did think it would go in, John. I thought I, I, I thought we were good enough 
to get an equaliser, although well, it just didn't. I did didn't celebrate that goal like it was an equaliser. <laughs> My mate sitting next to me, though, took a little bit of delight in pointing out Linesman's flag was up. So um, we didn't, did we? Hmm. No, but it, I mean, not... it was, it, you know, it's, it's, they give it so large. And we, we were, and this is a good time to bring in, um, you know, it, it's interesting that, you know, there was a lot of, a few problems with the Spurs fans. Uh, they were singing uh, the Y word, right? Which they are allowed to sing, apparently. I went into the toilets in the first half. Uh, and there was someone sowing, uh, singing "Why Army, Why Army," and someone pushed his face. He had a, <laughs> and he had a little accident urinal. But the the stadium was full of Spurs fans. Both some of them wearing shirts, and you've seen that on social media. Some of them not taking pictures of Spurs players or having phone cases with Spurs fans. So one on one hand, it had the biggest um, probably bums on seats we've ever seen in a game. But they seem to all be sold to overseas Spurs fans. And I, and I was told afterwards by a senior source that there had been 15 ejections. Five of them had been for people wearing Spurs tops in, in the home ground, uh, all from overseas. And the picture we've seen, and I did an article on Clanton Hugh, was an American couple. They weren't stopped. They sat in block 230, with their both of them with their uh, Spurs tops on. Um that would never happen at Bowling Ground, would it, Nigel? What's what's your view on the well, whole? This is Spurs tops and <laughs> tourists watching these kind of right, games. This... Happened at Man United. Yeah, well, as look, well. let's get this right. This is a consequence of the Premier League's push for the, to go around the world. It's yeah, it's created itself a global brand. Now, what happens is. You know, we've got now we've now got friends that come from America to watch. You've got people that are coming. I I I spoke briefly to um, Tony. Does the American podcasting supporters club? Yeah, you didn't introduce so, me. I I took a picture and you went. He went. Oh, I'm in yeah. that picture. You never Sorry. introduced well, me. Anyway, I've been on their podcast and you sort of kept him to yourself and didn't yeah. introduce me. I think that's very oh, important. No, Sorry about that. But Watch anyway. It. Back to you know the globalization. This is a consequence yeah. of that. Now the thing is, you got to remember in America, they don't have the violence, they don't have the segregation, they don't really have the trouble that has come along with football. Uh, and and uh, and what happens is, is that they go there. It's a family atmosphere. It's very friendly. Everybody is, you know, gets along. Now it comes to here, and. They don't realise that actually I don't have a problem with Tottenham fans in the away end as long as, one, they're not wearing their colours and, two, they're not making it so bloody obvious. Yeah, yeah. just keep the low, keep profile. The low profile. I think we've all done it. You no, know, my friend... I think we've all done it. You didn't know I was a Tottenham fan. <laughs> you told us afterwards. I told us afterwards. <laughs> you know? Didn't tell us when you were in the sports club, did you, know? in the sports club, no. So... You know, but then again, why? Why cannot? Well, why? On, why, on, why, why should I me. not go football with him? We've been mates since we were eleven years old, and we have gone West Ham Tottenham games since we were thirteen, fourteen years age. All right, I've stood on the shelf with him. I've stood in the members end of Tottenham with him. I was a fullback then because I used to openly cheer for West Ham, but I got taught a lesson one game that you don't do it. So, and I've spent as many games watching West Ham play Tottenham in the Tottenham end as I have in the West Ham end. So I'm not going to bitch and moan. Yeah. But don't... We've got... But don't don't put it in your face yeah. and don't sing songs and don't... And don't there was a game um, thrown out at the colours. beginning. I don't know. I, the story, was it that he took his T-shirt off and someone saw the Tottenham shirt under... Oh, yeah. The guy yeah. by me who... Uh, with, with, like, the black guy with the um, blonde sort of dyed... He, he apparently lifted up his sweatshirt and there was a Tottenham something underneath and uh, it went off in, in block 112 and he was called out, as you probably saw. Um, but there were problems all over and the same thing, you know, you've seen another picture. I've been told by the club, they've told London Stadium 185, who managed the stewards, it is not acceptable. This cannot happen at the next game. 
you need to brief stewards more because these American couple, you can see, and I've given the steward number to the club, a, a, a steward, and I think it's like 0321 or something, watching and smirking as he stands next to two um, two fans, these American fans, in Spurs shirts. Well, for all well, we know, this steward doesn't. You know, these stewards come from everywhere. Before stewards, yeah. Were, well, that's were it. Well, that's why they need to be brief. Maybe they need to be shown a picture. This is a rival Spurs. I don't know. Or this is the emblem that shouldn't. I don't know. Look, what happened in the bowling ground? I can tell you now. If if we found a rival fan, what used to happen in Shrewsbury in Lower, John? What happened? Well, well, they'd forcibly get thrown out. Wouldn't not they? only that, they get coined with one pound coins. Would they not? Well, I don't know about that so much. Oh, I saw that quite a few times at the bowling ground. They would have one pound fine. I don't think so. Yeah, they I don't do. think so. Well, if you're going to start throwing coins from everywhere, a wave fan in your own group of fans, you're going to get your oh, own group I... of fans more often than not, aren't yeah, you? Well, I, I... Talking of that, apparently the Spurs fans were throwing from lower into 114 and 113. I didn't see it, but it's been reported on social media. Again, Spurs fans probably won't get in trouble because guess what? They can throw coins and get away with it. They can use the Y word and they can get away with it. And what were they calling us, John? Because I know this upsets you and you said record it and send it to kick it out. What were they calling us? It doesn't. I just it, what What were they it, calling us, John? It doesn't upset me. I just can't I just hate the double standards of it all. They were calling us Pikeys, and Pikeys yeah. is a racial yeah. slur and a banned word. Yeah. So but so is the Y word that they sing. And I've heard all sorts of people that are genuinely Yiddish saying that they don't wish to be appropriated by the, t- you yeah. know. So the whole thing is such double standards. Yeah. You know, it's either for everyone or not, isn't it? So yeah. act or don't act. You know, if if, yeah. our, if all our well, started singing some of the songs that were sung, they were, they, I mean, I remember at the Bowline, they, they actually put undercover police in and started arresting people. Yeah, they did. You're right. Just close to us. So uh, the last question I'm going to ask on this is: This was supposed to be an all ticket, and you couldn't buy a ticket unless you had purchase history. Now, in the case of two Americans, I spoke to someone who sat next to them. And they said his mate sold those tickets that the two Americans used through Ticketmaster, so they must have bought it from the club. And my question to the club, and I've challenged, is: How did they get tickets if it's only people with purchase history? How how much is that policed? Well, look, I would we know the system's flawed. As West Ham fans, we use the ticketing system. You know, I got locked yeah. out of the Huddersfield game. I got twenty four points, and for some yeah. reason, I couldn't. It wouldn't allow me to buy a ticket. But Huddersfield sold out on twenty. But I spent you know a good part of three hours refreshing the page. Just kept being told Thursday afternoon there was no tickets available, even Friday morning. Is it sorted yet? No, it ain't sorted. Of course it ain't. Behave yourself. I'll sort it. So, right. what, what happens here is, and this oh, is the thing. You're, you're his hero, Sean. Yeah. Thanks. One man. <laughs> so, anyway, <laughs> what what we've got here is a situation where the club open up the tickets by season ticket holders to be sold back once it's sold out. But the problem is, they stick all them on general sale. And mm-hmm. there... I think you'll find is the problem. You know, this so-called waiting list and this membership list, there's probably people there that would have snapped up those tickets in a heartbeat. But what the club do is they put Ticket Trader and they go direct on general sale, opening it up for everyone. Now, some Yankee Doodle Dandy... But I I think you you were supposed to have West Ham purchase history, but whether But what if they'd bought for the last West Ham Tottenham game and came to that last year? Yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. So, although I think that was, I think they're all all uh, games. You know, years are, ago, guess, if you rang you... up Newcastle, yeah, and wanted a ticket in a Newcastle in to watch West Ham, yeah. you know, your London accent, London address, they'd tell you to sling you up. But now with globalisation, globalisation, people come from everywhere. So now nobody knows whether they're a West Ham fan or not. I mean, look at my mate. Yeah. Grew up in Canning Town. He's a Tottenham fan. I was going to say, how did, I was going to ask that question. How did he grow up in Canning Town and become a Tottenham? We haven't got time anyway. Well, his dad was uh, Last thing I want to talk about before <laughs> we move on to injuries is uh, smoke bombs. Very close to us. Um, I was with my son in row four of, of block um, 113 and we saw the 
uh, smoke bombs, three smoke bombs come over our head and land not far away from us, close to the Spurs fans. Uh, I know some people say no paro, no party. We were at Sparta, John and myself were at Sparta Prague recently and they didn't have any problems with flares. Um, but tonight has come the news that we're under a fresh investigation by the FA for ch- possible charges of failing to control our fans by throwing flares on it. A 21-year-old Albanian West Ham fan has been arrested and will appear be- before magistrates on the 5th of November. But my question is, we all get searched going over the bridges. How on earth do you get in? These flares aren't small, are they? How do they get free flares past security in the first place, Nigel? Oh, you've seen gone through the searches often enough. They wave the magic wand in front of you, tell you to turn around and push your way through. If they did proper searches, the searches would take even longer and everybody would be moaning. The searches are sped up because they don't take time now to do it. But to be fair, yeah. who cares? Well, oh. Do you have a problem with the smoke bombs and no, the flares? Don't. You don't. You don't. How about I'll you, I'll tell John? you what I have a problem with, to be what? fair. Get the right fucking colour. Barcelona colours. Yeah. You can't get, <laughs> you can't get flares. You said that the other day. I, I do have a problem on. Red and blue. What's all that about? We're claret and blue. Well, you're, as an you're asthmatic. Heavy, as an you know, asthmatic. Heavy asthmatic, so. I, I don't bring do, religion into it. I, I do suffer from that smoke. Who you should have stopped raving, John. Yeah, I <laughs> held my breath. <laughs> How about you, John? Do you have a problem with pyro or do you think it's just an overreaction to I, I, it apparently well, faced three months in prison for this it's i just, don't shut I mean, up that's three months I've, in prison yeah i, I don't say so i don't have a massive like or dislike for it if when they happen they happen it's not such a big thing in our game it, it's actually it is quite often, rare at west ham it's yeah. quite rare at most games in the england so, i think in a, if used correctly i think it brings a bit of Something to the game, didn't it? I mean, it looked, you know, oh, it looks good. A bit of European ultras, eh? I don't know. It just, yeah, it's just a bit different, isn't it? Well, I don't, I mean, personally, yeah, I don't, you know, I suppose they're dangerous. If they're thrown at people, if they're thrown on the pitch, yeah, I don't have a problem. It was, I mean, he was, whoever did throw him, he'd done well to get them all on the pitch from where he was. Well, he had a long yeah. way to throw them to begin with, didn't it? Just, yeah. yeah. Anyway, like, luckily the red carpet weren't down. Would have burnt an hole in it, or the claret carpet. Well, it, it did, didn't it? I think. <laughs> it? Who said it hit a policeman um, before going on the floor? Was that you, John? Hey, no, it wasn't me. Someone did. Someone did say that. Anyway, let's talk about injuries. We are now top, jointly top of the Premier League injury table with seven injuries with Manchester United. Yamalenko has got an Achilles uh, injury, which I'm going to talk about in a minute. Carlos Sanchez, and he's probably out for the season. Carlos Sanchez, he needs knee surgery, and he's out for the season. Pedro Obiang has picked up a calf strain. No return date for him at the moment. Andy Carroll is still not back. Earliest we expect him back, Andy Carroll. Have you heard of him? Yeah, Uh, He's not back to the 10th of November. Carroll's back on Christmas, don't worry. Uh, Jack Wilshere. He has had a setback. It was supposed to be six weeks. He's still not back to the third of November. <laughs> Winston Reed is still injured with a knee injury. He's not expected back to the 29th of January next year. And finally, if we haven't forgotten Manuel Lanzini, uh, ACL injury, as you remember, and the operation, he's not back till next year. Return date unknown at the moment. He wants to come back in, in February, but we still don't know. Um, it's devastating. <laughs> it's talk normal West Ham, and we could do the oh, what's wrong with Rush Green? What's wrong with Chadwell Heath, etc. But we still, still, we still seem to get them. And putting aside the new one of Obiang, Yarmolenko, that happened just in front of us, and we we saw how bad it is. And someone told me it it was probably Achilles pretty early on. It snapped. Um, well, apparently it's damaged at the upper. It hasn't completely snapped. But he, but here's the information, and I've just put on Clarence Hugh tonight. One, uh, Ukraine media are saying he was received an injury and he was hit on the right Achilles during the international match. And they were very concerned about it. And the club, West Ham, did checks and made sure he was strong enough before the match. So did they get it wrong is the first thing. But probably the bigger story 
is this is the same Achilles that he did in January this year. He spent two months out at Brescia Dortmund. Uh, and one of the reasons he had such a problem in Germany was his, his right Achilles. Same Achilles again. So, I don't know. Have West Ham made a mistake in buying a known injured player with a dodgy Achilles? And and it's gone again. I'll start with you, John. I, I don't know, Sean. <laughs> it's like, I mean, you, you would have thought if he has a history of injuries, they would have... But I mean, they've just shelled out on Jack Wilshere. They, 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 they well, yeah. Andy I mean, Cattle I'm surprised. And, Maybe this is Pellegrini they, wanting to take a gamble on these two, but yeah. Do, I mean, do they do due diligence? I don't know. All right, but, let's ask Nigel. Nigel, do they do due diligence? They do it better than you can say it, to be fair. Yeah, of course, you know, they're going to do fitness tests. I mean, he had troubles with it in January. We bought him in August. So I'd imagine it would have cleared up. Listen, every player has got a chance of being injured. There are some that do have injury problems and that perhaps you should be more cautious with, i.e. Jack Wilshere. But at the end of the day, the thing with these players is when they are fit, they're really good. So sometimes you think they're worth the gamble and that's what they are. Yeah. And then you can get caught out, you know, unfortunately. You know, he could have had a bad tackle and done his knee and then it wouldn't have been his fault. That's just what happens in football. People are going to get injured. Yeah. Unfortunately, we do seem to have constantly more than our fair share. I don't think it's anything. I think it makes a mockery of all them people who kept blaming Chad Relief. Yeah. And considering we left Chad Relief three years ago and we're still getting injury yeah. problems. Yeah. yeah. We've yeah. got different managers, so it's a different training regime. <laughs> so it can't be that. So what is it? It's Murphy's it's just it's That's West what happens. It's a yeah. curse. Don't blame him. It's a curse. He can put a cake on it. George Murphy's. <laughs> hey. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Uh, if you're listening oh, out there, George Murphy, uh, big shout don't out. Don't leave your you. beer in front of him. Yeah, don't leave your beer in front of him. <laughs> he, he emptied a whole pint of uh, George who, who's Murphy, who sits with us, emptied a whole pint of beer over his dad. And half a jug. A half a jug was it as well? I think it was yeah. half a jug more than anything. Oh, dear. Anyway, um, yeah, I mean... Oh, just uh, like to thank people from the Supporters Club for my complimentary jug of lager. Don't tell everyone that, because everyone else will want one. Well, yeah, but it was just me, wasn't it? Well, so, for Lock yeah. Smith Services, wasn't it? It was, yeah. yeah so. Excellent. But it was it was very welcome, even if I was about to get up and go, because it made me very late. And yeah, even. you were a little bit. Deep. And it also meant I had to sleep on the sofa. Oh, really? It was... <laughs> <laughs> oh, did Sam put you on the sofa? No, I did, I, I did it myself because I fell asleep okay. in the living room and everybody just went to bed because they couldn't wake me up. <laughs> excellent, excellent. Right, let's uh, move on. Um, we're going to talk about Wissa. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, 
but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Nigel and myself is. Um, I, I, um, I resigned from Whistler on, on Sunday and, and I wasn't planning to make a big thing of it, but Whistler decided to put something on the website and social media and, and that was picked up by KUMB and a headline of controversial committee member resigns from Whistler. Um, and I just want to, I've blogged this evening on it and I just want to say my piece and I'm going to bring in Nigel, which is, you know, I, um, along with Nigel, founded Whistler in 2013, along with a, a girl who we both know called Ali Worth uh, and a number of other people um, with the concept of creating an independent uh, support association. You know, we at the time, there were both people who liked the board and didn't like the board. There were people from different walks of life. Uh, and, and there was a balance there. I was a joint chair, Ali was a joint chair, and we couldn't, you couldn't find two more different people. Um, it didn't grow as much as we wanted it to. And in 2016, I stepped down and uh, a, new com- a, a new committee came on board and, and it's grown to what it is. So when an opportunity came up, I put myself up for election earlier this year, as did Nigel again, because he's resigned about twice by now. Isn't that true, Nigel? How many times yes. have you resigned? Twice, yeah. So yes. uh, we both put ourselves up and um, we were elected, right? Some people weren't happy with it because of my connection with the board, but I was democratically elected. In fact, we're going to reveal uh, that myself and Nigel got the two highest votes. Nigel got the most votes, democratically elected by our members, and I got the second highest. Um, so, you know, we thought, okay, you know, the committee might not like us, some members might not like us, but we've been democratically elected. Um, I felt from the very beginning, I've been treated like an absolute outsider. We have not been told what's going on. We don't know what the policies are, what the plans are. We're excluded from decision-making business. You know, when they were talking to the club about the new supports ball, don't know what who they talked to, what they were talking about. Didn't know about any of this food bank stuff. Didn't know... Um, when they made decisions to to meet with the Premier League or FSS, we were just completely in the dark. In fact, we found out more information by following their Twitter, going on Facebook, and occasionally going on KUMB um, forum. So at the weekend, I said, right, we are supposed to be in committee. It's not supposed to be the chairman and certain people making decisions. We need to make joint decisions. And, and finally, for the first time, we agreed. And, and the big decision was, should we join the West Ham Supporters Board, which is there to replace the SAB? Deadline's next Wednesday. And I strongly believe that WISA members should actually make the decision themselves, not the committee, but WISA members. But I was told, no, 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 we can't go to WISA members all the time. Uh, we want to make a decision. We need to make it. So we made it over a WhatsApp group in about five minutes. Um, needless to say, I was vastly outvoted and about an hour later, it was decided to put up a statement which basically stuck two fingers up against the club and said, we don't want to play your game. You're insane. And in fact, they actually give, gave a quote from Einstein saying insanity is doing the same thing over and over again. Um, I found that statement embarrassing. Um, I thought my position after that was untenable. Um and, and as I said in the blog, it was like I'm banging my head against a brick wall again and again and getting nowhere apart from a headache. So I resigned. Um, I resigned on Sunday. Um, they immediately, with glee, um, put it out on social media. Sean Wetstein has resigned. Then put something on the um, on the website. Um, I don't think any in the history, anyone else resigned, has been made news. And then KUMB made it news. Um, I've just had enough, really. I, I really worry for the future of Wissa. You know, I believe in the concept, but the sad truth is it's becoming a protest group, mostly for anti-bald people. Um, and I, I just don't think that's 
what it was supposed to be. It's not as democratic. Members should be deciding what to do. And I'm personally now going to put my efforts into the really good West Ham Supporters Club, which obviously has saved themselves after 70 years. I think they could be a voice uh, for the fans going forward. They're, they're an organisation. They're not political. They're not a protest group. They're happy to work with the club, and they have done. They're happy to join the new West Ham Supporters Board. Um, and I think that they, they in one in one day, could just replace Wissa, and there will be no need for Wissa. Um, anyway, that's my soapbox. That's my five minutes. I've said what I want to say. Uh, I'm going to draw a line under it now because I've left. Uh, and I'm conscious that, Nigel, you're still a committee member as well. Um, is there anything you want to add? Well, yeah, there is quite a lot I want to add. <laughs> Whether I will or not, that's, uh depends on how I feel in the next five minutes. Um, there's a problem there. Now, me and you, on how we approach the board, are chalk and cheese. Yeah. You know, I say it so I'm blue in the face. This fan base is going to be divided until they sell up and leave the club. They're not going to do that anytime soon. So if you're going to make things better for the supporter base, predominantly it goes to the games as well, that's what it should be about, then you have to deal with these people, the owners. Now, when all you're afforded is a place on the SAB, Mark 5 or 6, whatever we call it. I know you <laughs> go, I hate the SAB, but at the end of the day, look. It's, it's the SB. It's, it's, the SB. it's the SAB again, just redesigned. So Wissa could have had a seat on that, and they decided not to in a bad way in my opinion. But not only that is, I thought the statement left them no room to ever go back to the club. The club are going to read that and they're just going to ignore them now. So what service do they do to fans? Because if you stand outside the tent and shout, but the people inside ain't listening, you get nothing. I learned that way back years ago. I joined the SAB. People that knew me back then Wondered why I did it, because obviously I was against the Olympic Stadium. And I said, because you have to stand there and you have to tell them. Now, it links into Saturday's game, because at half-time, an ex-member of the SAB that I hadn't spoke to in three or four years, sadly I can't remember his name, see me in the crowd and come up to me deliberately to apologise to me for the SAB, because... He said to me, do you know what? You was right all along. That the, the club made mugs of us. And we I'm sorry I didn't listen to you. And I was a bit stunned by it. I said, look, it could have gone either way. Don't, you know, don't stand there and apologise to me. I don't need an apology. I've, I had this feeling it wouldn't be right. A lot of people believe the club. But of course they're going to believe the club because a lot of people do actually believe what they're told is true. I'm just one of these people that like to check things out. So, but you've got to be inside and that's the only way you're going to make changes. So if that's the only gig in town, you've got to be part of it. Now, when we set up Wissa, that was the whole part of Wissa, that Wissa would be a conduit to the club for the fans as a, as a wider fan base. Unfortunately, with things like this, when you do have elections and you can change committees and whatever, people it takes on a life as your own you you create this thing and then you sometimes you have to let it go and I think that's at the situation where we are now it you know it don't it doesn't behave in a way that I ever believed I thought it would behave it does things I whole wholly disagree with um that you know it, 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 you know I was on Twitter the other night bemoaning the way the club had treated Mark Phillips, while Wissa are putting it on their Facebook group and inviting a debate about it. You know, which I think will, I seem to be, while I'm supposed to be on the committee, I was at odds with it. I keep finding myself at odds with the people there, well, with certain people there. I mean, you've resigned, Sean, and they couldn't yeah. wait to tell us that you'd resigned. 
Yeah, what's been <laughs> kept true. quiet, people, is another member <laughs> has stepped back from the committee for whatever reason, yet that has not been said. And he did that last week. I'm not going to name him. I'm not going to say why I stepped back, because we've not been told anyway. Well, we know it is not been told. But why was that not announced then? Why is the person running the Twitter feed not announced? Because it was personal. They did, We know they didn't tell us stuff deliberately, or certain people there were keeping us out of the loop. They didn't trust us, because they presumed we'd come as a pair. And for that reason... I'm still there at the moment. I probably won't be by next week. And that's and that's the way it is. Because I've got now... Look, I'm personal friends with the chairman. That will always remain. There's other people there. If the phrase I wouldn't piss on them if they were on fire may seem extreme. I think that's the way I feel about them now. <laughs> and... Uh... <laughs> I think we'll leave it there, Nigel. I'm going to bring in John for the last word because he's a Wesser member. Where do you stand on this? Uh, are we five, being... five, five pound down, Sean, didn't I? Because <laughs> I, I joined right at the beginning. So that's why well, I stand. Now, there's no renewal if you've signed your member forever. Where do you stand on it? Look, you're, you're one of my biggest critics, John. So, you know. Yeah, well, look, the way I see it, let's see, I saw some stuff with people saying, well, yeah, Sean shouldn't be there anyway, massive conflict of interests and all that. Now, I I believe that what you two being on a committee do is exactly what needs to be done in such a, such a group because you've got such opposing sides and opinions of the main things like the Olympic Stadium and the board that that's healthy. It's, yeah. it's like what's going on with our country essentially everywhere at the moment with your pros and your remains and your outs and all that. You don't have to ostracise people. You can listen, talk about it, debate stuff. You know, and you two being on there seemed to me to be a good thing because you were so opposing. The fact that you're opposing on the, the board and the club itself and probably... Politically, I don't even know if that's the case because we we don't sit there and talk about politics. But I think that's a good thing because it's healthy. And, you know, what it looks to me like is that if you don't agree, you're out. You're not, you're, I, I don't know the ins and outs of what's happened to you. I know you got voted on. I know lots of stuff is going on and you didn't know about it. But, you know, I, I just think it's it's basically completely... Uh, sort of like run its course in it because if they're not going to be part of the club I'm not going to deal with them anymore clearly and they are affiliated to this and affiliated to that but if the club turn around and say to these like the FSF and all that look what they put out about us and that we don't have to deal with them because of that so it's just like a, a busted flush and they're sort of going to end up talking to themselves aren't they do you know what you know, that is a really good analogy John, I can, um, and and some people will say you're biased because you know you're on a Well, I'm not. Bi- I'm not biased because I completely, I completely disagree you, with you not, on so saying, much. Exactly, you're you say what you want to say. You don't usually, yeah. you won't do it to curry favour. Well, I thought it was such a good idea. I mean, I thought it was, we there was never a moment in time of our football club that we could have done with a strong, inclusive association, fans association, to represent the fans and deal with the club. There couldn't have been a better time for it. But unfortunately, it's just, I mean, gone completely awry, isn't it? It's just, you know, we we could have just done with a strong voice. To We could never have done with better someone putting forward a point of view as the fan and making our match day experience, concentrating on the match day experience for the fan every Every sort of problem we've had should have been their problem, not the wider problems of the world. Yeah. But them I think problems. That's what they lost sight of, John. I really do. I think that's the problem. They lost sight that we were there to to try and make life. They're supposed for to be representing yeah, the fans. Yeah, better. that's that's their sole purpose. That's their sole purpose. That's all I'm bothered with. I'm not bothered about. You know, could be uncaring. That's why I signed up. That's why I joined because I wanted them to make my match day experience better because yeah. it was shocking when yeah. we moved. So it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. But I, I mean, I, I don't know. We don't sit there and we'd even talk about the ins and outs of stuff because it's not, 
it, it is committee stuff and it's not my business. But from what I've we know, we know George is, he loves the committee, does George. He says it's not enough <laughs> committees. In, it's in, not in, enough committees. In, it's all in, we need a few more committees. It's, it's, it's a shame. It's a shame. But Yeah, we um, move on. Uh, right. Uh, it's time for, see if he's ready, this. Oh, it's Facebook's <laughs> Twitter question. So I'm glad you said that. I hope he's ready because I wasn't. And I thought, oh, so I thought, well, I've got the tune playing on time. Then I remembered, shit, I ain't loaded Facebook up. But I have now because I've been feeling like a professional people that I am not. Anyway, <laughs> Sean Whetstone, Shulstone, whatever we want to call him, uh, podcasting. The, the controversial <laughs> former committee member of West yeah, Sean the Whetstone. Uh, podcasting tonight to talk about the Spurs game, Spurs supporters in the West End, and smoke bombs, growing industry of seven players, and course controversial committee members, blah, 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 blah. Oh, and predictions for Leicester away. Uh, Dodsey, hi. Hi, hi, Rich. Wonder how long before the so-called big boys of Europe realise how good Diop Diop is. I call him to buy him. Who so far would you say is the worst signing Pound for pound, we made in the summer, and who is the best pound for pound? Worst pound for pound. Uh, Fabianski is is the yeah. best signings pound for pound. Pound for pound. Although, although I say it's seven million quid plus a five million uh, agent fee, but that's another story. Um, but it's, he's probably still better. Pound what about Balbuena? Uh, oh yeah, Pabuana is is you know what was he three million? He, I'm he's pound for pound. Value. Yeah, pound no, I, you're right. Um, you, you could be right there. Worst. Worst. Well, well, as it stands, go on. As it stands, it's like the say the elephant in the room. All right, it? Anderson. Anderson for the money we paid for oh, him. Right. You know he's got to be, but you know I'm willing to give him a season. <laughs> See if he get, he seems to just get bounced off the ball and stuff, doesn't he? So that's in Yarmolenko, you've got to say, you know, with the injury, which I know is his not fault, but you know, how many really good games have we got? He's only really come good. I mean, to begin with, we were going well. You know, he had to get up yeah, to speed, and he's only just come. It takes good. a while, doesn't it? I know, and now he's injured for the rest of the season. So you know, for his is he? twenty, he yeah, out for the yeah, twenty million. I, I think he's out for the season. I mean, the problem with, I mean, it's six months for an Achilles, right? But but then you have to do some strengthening work. So, I mean, I've I've done some research into Achilles in footballers, and it's 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 not quick. It's not quick. We're done now. We'll show. All right. Wesley yeah. Williams. As an American, that was my first chance I got to go to a game. God, I hope you had your shirt on. Uh, despite the loss, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Disappointing to see Yarmolenko go down, but hopefully inspires others to step up. Not on their Achilles, we are. Anderson struggled big time and couldn't even get basic touches right. If you want to pay forty-two million for someone to dribble it out, dribble it out, you could have just signed me. Well, Wes, we could have signed you. But you'd have probably up the ten yards run of the line to stop the clock. So, <sighs> little joke there, Penny. Uh, Keith Reed. Good evening, gentlemen. Very polite. This is a non-football-related gripe, but still very relevant to West Ham. Or you put West Ham. Keith, can you make sure there's a space between West and Ham? Because West Ham is a village in East Sussex, while West Ham properly is a place in East London. Move on. <laughs> when moving to London <laughs> Stadium, we were promised, and I quote, excellent transport links. Well, this is not the case on match days, he says. The journey from, he's getting very stern now, the journey from Essex to Stratford and back again seems to be getting worse with each match train cancellations uh, being the prime reason. He goes on after the Macclesfield game. I didn't think it could get worse. Uh-oh, not looking good. But at the weekend, the service was poor to non-existent. Should have got the C to C, Keith. It runs a lot better. I know trains are not West Ham. He's done it again. He's put West Ham with no space. It's a different place, Keith. 
responsibility, but in the future, many fans could just give up going. I know there are coaches running to Stratford. Well, can you point him in the direction of the training pitch? We might need them, but running trains are more flexible. Oh, don't say running with Yarmolenko and his Achilles, Keith. But anyway, we've got you, guy. Nothing to do with us, and we can't even pin this one on the Whistler Committee. Nick Harvey, you all right, Nick? Okay, performance for spuds, but we missed Obiang in the in his view. Anderson was poor, but let's give him a bit more time. Yeah, why not? Squad not looking great with the growing injury list. Money needs to be spent January, which won't please Sullivan. <laughs> we won't please you lot to find out we ain't got any. Spud supporters in our end simply down to the ineptitude of LS185 again. What could have been an interesting season with a new manager? Some entertaining football looks like it would now be a typical West Ham-esque fight against relegation. Interesting to see how Pellegrini handles that. Yeah, I'm not sure we will fight against relegation. I'm pretty sure we'll be all right. I think we're getting better and better with each game. Uh, our old mate, Miriam, definitely going to be a season of struggle. Missed OBM big time. Good to see on a personal note. I'm closing in the shed man on the predictions. Yeah, I had noticed that, mate. I'm going through a bad time. Uh, Gary Prince. <laughs> Controversial, Mr. Prince. What's your view on the coach that went on the DFLA march after his sister was caught up in a London Bridge terror attack? Uh, I'll go, because personally, I think uh, it was in his own time and what he does and sees fit to do. Uh, Unfortunately, too many people want to give labels to the opposition of, of their political view. Shouldn't drag politics and football into it. Um, what can I, I think say? it was ill-advised for him to do. Well, that's up um, for him. Ill-advised, you could say. Why would he be ill-advised if he just made a decision to do it? You know, it's like I don't really. The problem is there's enough evidence to show that the man is not a racist, that he's not a member of a far-right thing. You know. But let me ask you this: Tony Henry wasn't a racist. He still lost his job. Uh, we are so PC, right? Because well, was, we know... was Tony Henry a racist? No. No. no, but he still lost his job. Yeah, because... And the problem is, perception is everything. And no, the problem the is media the... and the media is media. And pa- the, the PC media. police yeah. now just demand that, um, you know, a head on the plate. And it's interesting, it's gone very quiet. In, in the case of Tony Henry, within 48 hours, they made a decision. HR are looking at it. They've already admitted, apparently, uh, he didn't do anything wrong. This is not a banned organization. It's not a openly racist um, uh, organisation. Therefore, I, thought, I honestly thought their headlining banner holders were Muslim ladies, weren't they? I mean, yeah. the whole thing is just farcical if it's yeah. been... I mean, personally, I wouldn't go on the march. Um, I think it's been infiltrated by some right-wing people. Um, but, but you could say that about a lot of things. And, you know, so, you could say do, about do the left-wing... It was a communist that, that, that shook hands with Venezuelans and Cubans and, and yeah. loved a lot of organisations. But, you know, that's, that's, we, we agree. We try and keep politics yeah. out of it. Not right-wing, not left-wing. It's football. And I don't think football and politics... Uh, I think the uh, Guardian uh, journalists got a lot to answer are for. Are compatible, I've, right? I've, I don't think it's compatible. And therefore, personally, whatever my beliefs... I wouldn't go on a march like that because I think it could be misunderstood the same way. I'm sure he regrets it now. Whether this situation can be saved or not will probably depend on the public backlash. And and I guess, I don't know, if you speak to some West Ham fans, some West Ham fans will say it's wrong, it's you know, and some people will say, no, he did nothing wrong and it's his democratic right to go. I think like a lot of things, it splits people down the middle um but it's also about um, i think it'd be harsh to sack him personally employee law and stuff surely like you say he so, so he's, really he's my understanding wrong. is the investigation is looking into uh bringing uh west ham uh name into disrepute um i understand kick it out offered oh, oh. he could go and if he if he dis uh, apologised and disowned the DFLA and went on a course, then they would be satisfied. But it should be up to them. It should be up to West Ham. 
and to stand by their convictions. It's a difficult one for West Ham to be in. Of their, and let's be honest, it's not of their making, but it's a difficult decision. You're damned if you do, and you're damned. They'd, they'd be damned if they sack him. They'd be damned if they don't. They'd be damned if they allow him to stay, and they'd be damned if they don't. They can't win either way, is, is my view. Well, hopefully they'll be damned for sticking by him. That's all I'll say. Okay. Uh, Ed Hughes throwing anything, smoke bombs, flares, pennies, pints of piss, etc. He's stupid. Right, Eddie, he's stupid. Don't throw that. He's stupid. Uh, isn't cheering or singing good enough anymore? Not if you're at Manchester University. Jazz hands only, Ed. That would be fun, wouldn't it, if we did that instead of clapping? <laughs> but anyway, uh, enough of left-wing nonsense. Chris Hooper. Noble looks so out of his depth. Spurs dominated the midfield. We need Lanzini back urgently. Um, yeah, I'm not sure about it. But, uh, Michael Malin. It's going to be a struggle this season. Injuries. <laughs> well, what can you do? Uh, Dodsey's back. Leicester away is going to be a draw. Then we're going on a run. And Lewis Aaron Trouts. He's got a great picture of a dog in a woolly jumper. But anyway, Pellegrini's free game. Hold up. Pellegrini's three games to turn it around, in my view. Another Shiite result. Getting political again. The black cloud continues to hang over us with yet another long-term injury in Yami. Our fans are certainly no saints, but for that lot to cheer an injury is vile, and no wonder every other teammate's their fans. It's our cup final, yet they cheer like it's theirs. He's gone further. Lose to Leicester and a point v Burnley's all I can see. But apparently, which Lou does make me laugh, he's optimistic as always. There's optimism for you folks. Lose to Leicester and a point v Burnley. I'd hate to see pessimism. Uh, right. That is it for Facebook. And now we move on. Out, just a quick, out, quick um, update. West Ham has just released a statement for Yamalenko. Uh, West Ham United can confirm that Ami, uh, Yamalenko has undergone successful surgery to repair a damaged Achilles tendon. The Ukraine international sustained the injury in Saturday's 1-0 defeat against Tottenham at London. He had an operation on Monday morning and is expected to be sidelined for around six months. Head of medical services Richard blah 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 said... Yamalenko's operation went well, and we will now work hard to support him through the rehabilitation process. His recovery will be, plan- be planned very carefully, and we have every confidence he will return to full fitness within the scheduled time scale. So what will six months be? Will that be before the end of the season? Six months. Six months will be six months. Six months. So that will be... Yeah. Uh... About 180 days, give or take. <laughs> You're funny bastards, aren't you? Uh, uh, that'll be end of April, won't it? End of April. Could be shoplifting. Be April, mate. Get out after three. So, um, realistically, <laughs> we've lost him for the season. Cause, yes. Yeah. Cause yes, end sure. of April. When's the, it finishes, what, 10th of May? <clears throat> yeah, around there. Yeah, that's it. He's yeah, done. He's done. All right. There you go. All right, you ready now? Thanks for that. Yeah. It gave me Don't go on. Like if you're going to do Super 6 or Fancy, if you start doing all this top 10 shit and going on for 20 minutes... Showing your language. Just stop Sorry. me now. I was just going to go on to our Twitter because it's called Facebook Twitter Questions. Oh, good. Time. Yeah, yeah. True, true. So we've done Facebook. Now we're doing Twitter. All right. All right. Get right. on with it. Wob- Wobbly Knee and two others liked your tweet. Helen Ludlow. An art of podcast. That's your lot. <laughs> <laughs> right. Hold up. Predictions. Super six first. Oh, for Christ's sake. Oh, we've got sake. to do it. Look, listen. Oh, creeping up on the league. Uh, Please go. just do top three. I'll just do the top three. I promise. Number 10. All right. I'm number 16th. <laughs> Hanging on there. Where am I? Am I close to you or not? Uh, uh, so just do top, the top yeah, three. Top Where three. am I? 23rd. Yeah. Where am I? Only four points behind me. So it's very close. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm 16th with one, three, two. Uh, right. So where do we go? Do your Super Six today, by the way, uh, John, because there's a 
Um, oh yeah, obviously Super Six is um, Wednesday, people. So Wednesday, yeah. Unless so if get people now, at mate. the top want to forget, I'll gladly not remind you. But anyway, now you've stopped me. Uh, number ten, Jeff Smith. Oh, for <laughs> number nine is Luke's dad, Tim. Up the shamans. Uh, eight, Lee Davis. Seven, Adam Darlington. Six, Ryan Smith. Five, Phil Walker. Four, James Madrick. Three, Ben White. Two, Andy Dennis. Still at the top, but now only by one point is uh, Walt Disley. Uh, but a big shout, because the winner of this week was Super Dawny Osborne with 11 points. Well done, Dawn. Uh, it's a tough week, you know. Yeah, but she done I well, yeah. Now, and she beat her up because I've not seen. You made an accusation that I only go for one nil wins. Did I go for one nil wins this week? Uh, did you do one nil wins? Let's have a look. Actually, no, I did not. What did you last week when you got a lot of points? That's what you did. Yeah, yeah. I don't do that every week. I'm, I'm, anyway, I've just done one for this week. Oh no, you, you did Bournemouth yeah. two nil. You did Fulham one nil. You did Man City three nil. You did oh, you did. West Ham, 1-0. <laughs> oh, dear, Sean. Sean, Sean, Sean. You shouldn't have said anything. You did Watford to well, win, uh, Wolves to win 1-0. Can yeah. you remember what you put for the Spurs-West Ham game, Sean? Spurs <laughs> 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 Oh, dear. 2-0. Yeah, did you bet the uh, for... Hang on, God. did you bet for West Ham? I did, yeah, I put 2-1. <laughs> Oh, you're mad. Yeah, I am. Anyway, let's move on. Predictions. We're going to win 2-0. Nigel. Do you know what? I'm going to be optimistic. Uh, I think we're going to lose. Really? Yeah, 1-0. By what? Go on. Get on with it. 1-0. And I'll go for my famous, we're going to win (laughs) 1-0. I think that's it. Uh, we've just gone over our allotted time, so we're at one minute four. Um, are you ready one for the jingle? Four. What, this one? No. Uh, I have been Sean. <laughs> Nigel has been... In charge. John has been... <laughs> Looking forward to getting away from this. Oh, here we go. You ready? All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye. Come on, you irons. More than just a podcast. Bye. Bobby Moore. More than just a podcast. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.